She wants to say hi. She's with her new boyfriend. What's he like? He's nice. Bit of a close talker. A what? You'll see. <laughs> hi! This is Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Hello Aaron. So how long are you folks in town? Oh. <laughs> Three more days. Three more days, and then we're off to Paris. Ah. We're going with the select charter group. I love France. I was just there last year. In fact, you know, I still have an envelope full of French francs. I'll give them to you. Oh, we can't take money. Oh, no. It's a gift. Oh, hey. Oh, you must be Kramer. I've heard about you. <laughs> hey, you must be Aaron. I've heard about you. Well, if you don't see anything wrong with that video, I'm glad you're here because you may have some boundary problems. In fact, there's a whole reason, uh, a whole slew of reasons why you may have boundary problems. If, if for example, you say yes to last-minute projects, uh, especially last-minute projects that were really someone else's responsibility that you didn't do, you may have boundary problems. If uh, most nights at home with your family, you spend more time scheduling your family and its activities, rather than spending time with your family, you may have boundary problems. If your children perpetually, constantly are disobeying you, there could be some boundary issues in your personal life. If you date, if you're in the dating world and you date and you do not already have limits to your uh, physical interactions with people, your emotional interactions with people as you date, you may have boundary problems. In fact, it's healthy to have boundaries when entering into the dating world. If you um, can't or struggle to say the word no, you may have boundary problems. If your in-laws, if you ever feel like your in-laws have inserted themselves into your life more than they need to, or your family more than they need to, or maybe your own parents have inserted themselves into your family more than they need to, you may have boundary problems. And so if any of that is applicable, maybe I missed some things, I'm so glad you're here because we are gonna talk about boundaries. And before we get there though, I wanna look at one more angle of boundaries because boundaries can go both ways. For example, you may have boundary problems if when someone says no to you, you get frustrated. You may have boundary problems. If it upsets you, if someone says, uh, you know, I can't, I got family time, or hey, sorry, I didn't reply because I turned my phone off at, at night when I get home, or sorry, I, I leave work at five um, because that's what I'm committing to you, and so staying late is just not a regular option for me, and that upsets you, then you may have some boundary problems, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, the problem is, and the kind of the thing that you're looking for, especially emotionally, to kind of flag um, yourself and say, hey, you know, I, I think I may have some boundary problems, is when you feel these emotions, if you leave a relationship with someone or a coworker or a boss feeling disrespected, used, or manipulated, that is a red flag to say, hey, maybe you have boundary problems. And I'm really excited to talk about this, especially in the midst of this pandemic, because at least for some of us, for some part of this pandemic experience, we have had to kind of stop and not do as much, and not go out, and not see as many people. And so we've had this time to kind of look around and say, wow, I've been really busy, and now for the first time in a long time, my life is actually 
slowed down. So now could be the opportunity for you to reassess your boundaries and recognize that, hey, I don't think we need to push it. I don't think we need to push relationships and our lives and our activity schedule so hard because we were just as happy, maybe even more happy, more peaceful when things slowed down. That could be a sign. This could be an opportunity to reassess your boundaries. And if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, I'm so glad you're here because Christians, we, myself included, can struggle with boundaries, maybe sometimes more than most people, because we have generally, some, often, grown up with one of two extremes with our Christian tradition and belief system that give us some problems with boundaries. We are either on one end of the spectrum where it's a bit more legalistic, there's a lot of rules and regulations, and so inherently in our life, we've built boundaries up against other people because um, they're not doing what they're supposed to. They're not doing what God said. And so we've just built tons and tons of boundaries in our lives or boundaries for ourselves that may actually be a bit unhealthy. And, but then on the other side of things, we may have grown up in this uh, mindset of, you know, well, I got to take up my cross. I got to serve other people. I got to bear other people's burdens. And so I can't say no to anyone. I just have to serve them. I can't say no. And that is also unhealthy. So we're going to talk about that as well. Regardless, it's going to leave us feeling a little bit disrespected, used, and manipulated. And when that happens, we have to look around and assess our boundaries. But ultimately, in this series, we want to help you to draw that line in the sand, draw that line in the sand, and create helpful and healthy boundaries. And in some cases, maybe learn boundaries that we were never taught as kids. Next week, we're going to talk extensively about that, but ultimately to have healthy and helpful boundaries. And if you're a Christian, maintain God's law of love, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love God, but still doing that with this word called boundaries. Now, boundaries is, we got to start by clarifying what boundaries are, because for a lot of us, um, we see boundaries as one word. And that word is, anybody? No. Some of you got it at home. The word no. We think boundaries equates to the word no. And that's partially true, but that's a very simplified and incomplete version of, I think, what boundaries actually are. Boundaries are this right here. And this is maybe a new kind of concept for some of us. Boundaries establish what I'm responsible for and what you're responsible for. I'm going to say that one more time so we can start processing this together. Establish, boundaries establish what I'm responsible for and what you're responsible for. What is me and what is you? And the best way to think about this is kind of like your yard and your home or your apartment or wherever you are that, you know, you can kind of count that as your property. That's in your property, you're responsible to take care of that, right? And your neighbor is responsible to take care of their stuff. In other words, when it comes to our life, we're responsible for our emotions, our finances, our behaviors, my behaviors, my finances, my emotion. And that's healthy. It's healthy to have property lines because it allows us to guard our personhood. It allows us to guard our resources and ultimately, and ultimately to guard our hearts. In the book of Proverbs, which is an Old Testament book, and it's full of like, um, not fortune cookie phrases, but kind of wise statements, a lot of little wise statements all throughout the book. And, and Proverbs talks about how critical it is to guard your heart, because if you don't, your heart can become sick. 
It can become sick with anger and resentment and bitterness and all those things we talked about that are red flags. And those things then come out of us because what's in our hearts tend to come out of us and it affects things that we don't intend to affect. It it tends to uh, affect those we care about most. And and you kind of know that, right? Because when you're angry, even though maybe someone else in your life has nothing to do with that anger, you'll still lash out at them. But boundaries allow you you to protect yourself so you're not going to get to that point of anger and therefore hurt others. It's kind of like this fence over here. This is going to be our prop for the duration of our time together. Um, It's kind of like a fence and specifically a chain link fence. And if you were uh, with us, um, uh, I think last year I did a series. And in the series, we talked one Sunday about boundaries. And I said, we're going to come back to it. And here we are. We came back to the, the topic of boundaries. I use the example of a front door. And I've actually changed the example to, to a chain link, chain link fence because I think a door is a little bit too extreme. Because the benefits of a fence, a, specifically a chain link fence, is you can still see through it, you can still talk through it, and you can still interact through it. But everyone around you still knows where your boundaries are. They can still see it and they can still see you so they don't feel separated from you, but they know where the line is. They know what you're responsible for and therefore they also then know what they're responsible for. It's as if you're saying, again with our idea of a fence or property line, it's again like you're saying, hey, listen, I'm gonna mow the grass on this side of the fence and you're gonna mow the grass on that side of the fence. Your kids can go out and play all day in your yard, but if they come into our yard, it's not like I'm going to watch them. It's not like I'm going to be responsible for them. And if they cause damage, I'm not responsible for that because this is my yard and your children have encroached onto my yard. If your dog chooses to do their business in my yard, we're going to have a problem. But if I put that fence up, your dog and you will clearly know where that line is. Are you tracking with me so far? Now, For those of us who somewhat maybe grew up in Sunday school or some church experience, there's a verse that kind of comes to mind. We've talked about this verse before here at Infused. And it's this verse that makes what I just described to you sound a little selfish. Because aren't Jesus followers, aren't Jesus followers supposed to carry one another's burdens? And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ, the law to love your neighbor as yourself. So to set up a boundary means we're kind of being selfish, right? Well, there is a really fine but important line when it comes to this verse and the idea of boundaries. See this word right here, burdens, in Greek, because the original language of the New Testament was ancient Greek, this word right here is baros, and that word doesn't just mean like a burden of putting a heavy book bag on your back, it means something tremendous. It means something so incredibly heavy that causes a great deal of hardship that if you tried to carry it or move it or do it all on your own, you would be tremendously weakened by the end of the experience. That's the kind of burden that, that Paul, in this verse to the church in Galatia, uh, in, in the letter to the Galatians, um, is saying that we need to help other people with. We, we don't need to help other people with their daily responsibilities, right? Because your kids have daily responsibilities. Your husband, your wife have daily responsibilities. Your in-laws, your parents have daily responsibilities. Your extended family has daily responsibilities. Those are not your responsibilities. 
Some of you need to almost like say that out loud. Those are their responsibilities, okay? You're responsible for whose responsibilities? Yours, yeah. And if you choose to bring that burden on yourself, do so only when it's too big for someone else to tackle. When it's one of those team lifts, you see that on boxes, cardboard boxes, it's a team lift that without your help, your friend, your neighbor, your uh, uh, coworker can't lift it on their own. They can't understand the situation on their own. They can't change on their own. They can't grow on their own. It's just too big of a burden. That's where we need to step in. But we step into the, the extent of saying that we're responsible to others, but not for others. We're responsible to one another, but not for one another. So you can help. You can help, but make sure your fence, your fence is exceptionally clear, that your boundary is clear, that, that this, on this side of the fence is my responsibility, but on that side of the fence is your responsibility, especially when it comes to consequences, because the problem is irresponsibility will lead to consequences. And if you take on somebody else's responsibility, you are also inheriting, inheriting the consequences for those choices or their choices. In other words, if your kids do their homework, great. But if your kids procrastinate, wait till it's really late at night, then have difficulty and come to you and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, I really need help with my homework. You're going to say to them, okay, who's responsible, who's responsible for your homework? Well, they are. Okay. So then you're waiting till last minute, but guess what, son or daughter of mine, whom I love, my boundary is at 9.30 p.m. to go to bed. Now, you may stay up later, young child of mine, but I'm not going to. And so I guess you're going to have to figure out another option because here is my boundary. Now, if you want to come and ask for help at a time that, is, that works for me, oh, great, you know, like right when you get home from school, let's do your homework then. Then I have time to help or I can make time to help. If your boss comes to you and says, oh, could you, you know, please take care of this presentation. You're looking at the presentation. It's like, yeah, but this is your presentation. Okay. This is this moment where you say, hey, I have these things that are my responsibility to take care of first. Then they have the choice to decide if they are going to take on their responsibility. If your husband or wife maybe struggles with some things around the house, like, you know, folding clothes. Okay. Is it your responsibility then when they can't find their own clothes? Maybe that they could help out and you could draw that boundary. And it's like, well, Taylor, that just sounds so insensitive and, and somewhat mean. Yeah, but if it's leading you currently to bitterness and anger and frustration that someone isn't taking responsibility for their own life, then you are responsible for those emotions that you are feeling and you have to make that adjustment. People cannot make that adjustment for you. You got to draw that line so their consequences don't become your burden because that's really where bitterness and anger start. See, boundaries, boundaries, when you define that area of responsibility, allows you to keep the good in and the bad out. Boundaries allow you to keep the good stuff inside and the bad stuff 
outside, not in a selfish way, but in a responsible way. So you see this uh, most often in other people. And a great example of this is um, kids and, and why parents stress out so much or should stress out so much about who their kids hang out with. Because isn't it true? If your kids hang out with people who are not maybe the best people, the, the best children, the most responsible, isn't it true that they are very likely to take on those similar behaviors? Why? Because they may not have those boundaries enough to say, listen, I'm not going to get involved with your decisions because guess what? When I do, when I make myself complicit or responsible for your bad decisions, then I take part in the consequences and I'm not going to do that. But when you establish responsibility, it says, I'm not going to take responsibility for your bad actions. I'm going to stay away from those consequences. I'm responsible to you insofar as if the burden is too great, so long as you didn't just like get in to the burden on your own, but I'm going to not be responsible for your choices. In there, and then there, that, that's the bad things, but then the good things that come from, and, and this is why you got to put a gate, by the way, on your chain link fence to let the good in and the bad out. There's going to be good moments, moments in which you can help people. And so you're going to open this gate and you're going to come out of your boundaries to help someone carry their burden. Or maybe you got some good things out there or some great people out there. You can let them in to your boundaries to keep the good in and the bad out. Now, a great story that illustrates this kind of all that we've been talking about so far is the story of the Good Samaritan, okay? The Good Samaritan. Now, some of you may be familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan, um, and so I'm going to go through it fairly quickly and really just settle on one key part of this entire story, and then I'm going to add a couple of fun modern-day facts for you, I suppose. Um, but to do that, I got to explain the story of the Good Samaritan. The story is not actually a, a historical real-life story. It's a made-up story. It's called a parable. It's a story that makes a point. And Jesus would teach in parables all the time. And this is one of those parables that he told, the story to make a point. And in this story, he answers two big questions. The first was the question that he was asked that kicked off this whole parable, essentially like, who's my neighbor? And uh, who do I, essentially, who do I have to love? Okay, who is it that is my neighbor and that I have to love? And Jesus answers that, but then he takes it a step farther because he's the master teacher and he's just so good at this stuff. He took it a bit farther to answer, how far do I have to go to love my neighbor? Essentially, where is the boundary when it comes to my responsibility to love and bear one another's burdens? And real quick, before we jump into the story, you got to understand the context of the cultural divide that he is going to kind of tease out in the story. There's a difference between two uh, groups of people in the story. There's the Jewish people, and then there's the Samaritan people. And each uh, of these groups, which still exist today, in fact, um, believe that they follow the right version of essentially the Old Testament and God's story. And then they believe of the other, that the other people have it wrong. And, and that has led to a lot of ethnic and religious distrust and anger and even fighting. Um, back in Jesus' day, uh, not so much now, uh, but definitely still distrust. And uh, the, you can actually go to Israel and visit the, the city of um, the Samaritans. It's right here. It's not large. And pretty much all Samaritans in the entire world live right here. Uh, we actually had lunch up here. It's on the top of a mountain called Mount Gerizim. And uh, we had lunch at a little shop called the Good Samaritan. 
How about that? And, but anyways, um, they're actually a dying people because they're not able to have uh, enough children and there's not enough of them to keep their culture going as of right now. Um, uh, but it certainly is a, a real life place that, that you can go. And I think this is really important to just talk about this because it helps remind us that though Jesus is making this story up to make his point, this is a real people group. These people have existed since the time of Jesus and you can go visit them today. So the story begins and Jesus says there was a man and this particular man, he was a Jewish man, was going down because it's actually down in elevation. He's up in Jerusalem and he's going to go down uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho and Jericho's by kind of the Dead Sea in the valley where the Dead Sea is. When he was attacked by robbers, which is very common along this road, it was a very treacherous, often um, lined with robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, is this a burden? Is this a burden we as Christians today are called to carry? Of course. He needs help. In fact, without help, he's going to die, and he can't do it on his own. And he certainly didn't ask for it, per se. This is an unfortunate event, and he needs help. And good news, some good people are on the way. The first is a pastor, or more specifically, a priest. And the priest is walking by. So you think the story is going to end? Everybody in Jesus' audience, as he's saying this, thinks, oh, good, the priest is here. He's going to help out. The priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man who was half dead laying on the side, he passed by on the other side. Surely there would be a good explanation. Surely the, the pastor, the priest, had a good reason not to pass by. You know, obviously super busy, only working one day a week. Um, maybe he had some other boundaries that he had to take care of. Um, so it, it's not that big of a deal, right? Or is it? Is it that he should have stopped? He should have carried the burden. Oh, but good news, right after the priest came a Levite. We just talked about the 12 tribes of Israel a bit in our last series called Right in the Eye. A Levite, which is uh, an individual from the tribe of Levi, which is the priestly tribe. So again, another religious person. Um, and of course, he's probably going to stop, right? When he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side too. Oh no, look at that dying, disgusting, bloody man on the side of the road. I'm just going to keep away and keep clean. But a Samaritan, a man who was uh, opposed to, was uh, distrustful of, was against the Jewish culture, a Samaritan came by where the man was. And when he saw him, you'll never guess what the Samaritan does. He took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them to sanitize them. And then he put the man on his own donkey. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. Despite the cultural and religious differences, he carried this man's burden. And this is where I really want to focus in. And this is where your attention needs to come back to me. If, you're, if you fell asleep, wake up. If you're off doing laundry, come back for just a few more minutes. Because this is so critical to boundaries. What does the man do? He takes him to the inn and then the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying to the innkeeper, look after him. 
And when I return, I will reimburse you for any other expense you may have. Why the innkeeper? Because he had a boundary. He had a boundary to, a responsibility to the, the hurting man, but was not responsible for him. In fact, he could put his care in another person's hand because he was responsible to him, but not for everything that that man needed. Now, what's difficult for us, for me, I know, and maybe for you too, is what the man laying in bed, half alive, could have responded with. And we struggle with this, don't we? Could, what, what if that injured man would have turned back to the, to the good Samaritan and said, you're not leaving me, are you? My injuries. If you're going to give money to him, can you give some money to me? Am I even safe here? Could you just stay with me? Could you keep me company? Could you pray with me? Uh-oh. What do we do now? What are you going to do at home if you were in that situation? What would you do? Would you call up Jericho and say, hey, sorry, uh, maybe he had some, a business deal happening or something. Would you call up Jericho and say, hey, sorry, I can't. This thing happened and I, I'm just going to be a few days late. Please, please hold on and wait for me. You know, would you push off the event? Would you call up your friends or your family and say, ah, I can't make it or I'm going to be late, you know? Um, or or what, what are you going to do? What have you done in the past? And then the Good Samaritan got a call back from his business contacts after staying with the man for a couple of days. And the business contacts said, hey, we waited. We had to move on. No deal here. Or your family says, hey, we're a little upset because you were super incredibly late. It's as if you don't even care. And so the man, the Good Samaritan gets off the phone. And what does a Good Samaritan do? What do you do in these situations when now you feel like you tried to do the right thing and then other people are upset and it's just so frustrating. You get angry, right? And then he turns, Good Samaritan, what if he turned to the injured man? He said, hey, you know, you messed up and you caused me to lose this business. You caused me to hurt my family. It's all your fault. But is it the injured man's fault? No, it's a good Samaritan's fault had that happened because the good Samaritan didn't set a boundary. And it's easy and it's tempting for us to sit there and say, well, we got to do the Christian thing, you know? And in so doing the Christian thing, then we hurt our own family, our own employees, our own coworkers, our own children. Oh, but Taylor, I got to take up my cross. You know, Jesus... He took up the cross and he calls us to take up the cross. But notice that Jesus did on the cross what we couldn't do alone. Jesus picked up a burden that we could not bear our wrongdoing, our sin, that we could not ourselves pay for, that we could not forgive ourselves for, our debts that we had built up against God and against our fellow man. And he paid for it. And he forgave it. That's a burden. That's caring. But that's also a boundary. And the good Samaritan in this moment right here, the good Samaritan followed Jesus and what Jesus would come and, or was trying to teach at that moment. He's responsible for his own yard. 
while also being responsible to those who are hurting. See, God sets loving boundaries. God, our Father in heaven, sets loving boundaries. We saw this a whole bunch in the series we just got done with. If you haven't checked it out, please watch the entire thing right in the eye, the series right in the, in, in the eye, because it's all about people doing what they want and, and getting what they want. Um, but then God is sitting behind his fence saying, listen, you can do what you want, go for it, but I'm not going to come out of my yard because of your poor decisions. I am not taking responsibility and the consequences for your own choices. I'm not allowing that into my yard. And then God, from his yard, confronted the Israelites across the fence saying, hey, that is not a good idea. I'm just letting you know. In fact, God would sometimes help people in need, but he would always be on his side of the fence. And more importantly, he always, always invited people who wanted to be with him, who wanted to follow him, who wanted to love him into his yard. But those who wanted to stay away, they could stay away. God doesn't compromise his holiness, his responsibility, because God gets boundaries. And he doesn't just set mean ones that hurt us. He sets boundaries that are meant to help us. It's just not fun to be on the other side of God's fence. But it isn't as if God isn't on the other side of that gate inviting us in. And when you get inside God's gate, the incredible thing is those people who really go inside God's gate come out being loving patient, kind, and merciful people. Why? Because God had a boundary in the first place. So here's what I want you to ask yourself. Here's what I want you to take an inventory of. I want you to take an inventory of what, of asking, by asking yourself the question, what are you responsible for? And do your boundaries reflect that? I'm responsible for my skin. That's a boundary. In other words, my body I'm responsible for how I treat my wife. I'm responsible for um, uh, what, I, what I eat. I'm responsible for my behavior. And in so doing, I am also responsible for the consequences that come from it. Just as you are. And you may not like it, but that is the law of reaping and sowing. That is the law of life. The problem is, you and I, we miss our responsibility part. Or we see everything as, um, as our responsibility. One of, one of two things. We don't see that something is our responsibility. We haven't taken inventory for it. We don't realize as we enter the dating world that we are responsible for our bodies and what they do. Or on the other extreme, we see everybody's stuff as our responsibility, which also isn't true. It takes a step of acknowledging that I can't, I don't have to manage the whole thing. It's just too big of a burden for me to bear. Like the good Samaritan recognizing where I am responsible to someone, but maintaining what I'm responsible ultimately for. And this is difficult, especially in today's world. My friends, this is so difficult. And again, if you dozed off, wake up, tone back in for just a second. The problem is, part of the problem is that we don't have boundaries 
so we tend not to respect other people, people's boundaries. And other people don't have boundaries, so they tend to not respect our boundaries. So if any of us try to make a step forward in establishing boundaries, we all just kind of disrespect each other's boundaries because we don't know what they look like. And we guilt people for saying no instead of celebrating them for setting a boundary. But isn't it true that we tend not to celebrate the things that we lack? We tend not to celebrate the things in others that we know we need in our own life. Other people's lack of boundaries isn't a reason to lack boundaries. Other people's lack of boundaries isn't a reason to lack boundaries. You need to take personal inventory. What really is important? What is good? What do I want to be responsible for and set the boundary? The boundaries don't mean just throw a no out anytime you see someone or meet something or use it as an excuse to get out of things like, hey, I got boundaries. No, 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 no. Nope, that's not what I'm saying. It's taking an inventory to say yes to devotion time. What's that, Taylor? It's when you read your Bible or you spend some time with the Lord. Devotion time. Think about it. Exercise. I'm going to say yes to exercise. I'm going to say yes to family time. And I'm going to say no Because I said yes to those things, I'm going to say no to late nights and parties and um, games and reckless relationships because I don't want to take responsibility for the consequences of those. Maybe some of you need to set those boundaries. Maybe some of you need to ask your heavenly father, Lord, help me to persevere when other people lack boundaries. Help me to set healthy boundaries. Maybe your next step is reading about God's boundaries in his book, the story of God through the, throughout the Bible, reading about him and so that you can understand the lens through which he sees the world and how he has set boundaries up and then use that to reflect your own boundaries. Now, I realize at first you may not like the answer, but it is a powerful opportunity to respect better your time, your heart that you have. So how can boundaries, how can boundaries that reflect God help you? I realize some of us have some pretty broken past. We're going to talk a little bit about that through this series. Maybe you have uh, abuse in your past, physical or verbal, emotional abuse. You need to take time to work through that with a professional and learn healthy boundaries because you have only maybe experienced a compromise of boundaries. And you believe that is how you are to interact with people and how you're supposed to love. We're going to talk about that a lot next week. Parents, we're going to talk about that a lot next week in raising kids, okay? Parents, or maybe your parents are a bit over-controlling and they did everything for you. And so you're going to have to establish what it looks like to set healthy boundaries because you have never had to take that responsibility. You may feel like your parents are going to, you know, push back against it when you start to set boundaries, maybe even boundaries against them or towards them. But it is, I promise you, it is necessary for you to take responsibility of yourself and grow in further healthy relationships with your parents and others. You need to teach your kids how to be responsible for the problems that they create, not only by telling them, but also taking responsibility for your own problems. Modeling it, parents, modeling it. How can God help you 
to take responsibility for your own feelings, your relationships, your businesses, etc. Your Father in heaven is not against you. He's there for you to help reflect what life is supposed to look like. He is not trying to keep something from you other than that which is not healthy for you. He is very much for you, very much in your corner, hoping, praying that you will set those healthy boundaries. And when you do, it gives you a safe space to grow from and find that new life that only God can provide. Now, these are some great questions to consider. I want to leave you with a couple more to keep that dialogue going after service with friends, family, maybe your small group. How has your definition of boundary, uh, of a boundary changed today? That's a great place to start. How do you see boundaries? Maybe, hopefully, more than just no now. What are two areas in your life which your boundaries could improve or change? Just two. Start somewhere, not everywhere. Set the boundaries somewhere and work from there. If you would, if it's safe to do so, close your eyes, bow your head with me, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to see how you see. Help us to see the areas of our lives where we may not have healthy boundaries. Help us not to just go after everybody else and the fact that they don't have boundaries, but to take personal assessment. Maybe even invite people over to our yard to help other people help us to create boundaries. That's the awesome thing about this church, this body of people, this community of people that God, you started 2,000 years ago is they're here for us because it may be too big of a burden for us to figure out where to put those fence posts. So help us to have that confidence, that courage to step out and learn to set those boundaries. Ask you, read about you, Lord, to understand what those look like and give us that safe, confident place to grow from in health. Not just to say no, not just to say yes to everything or no to everything, but to do, go through life in a way that honors you, honors ourselves and our own gifting by setting those healthy limits. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.